I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Not the whole thing. No, I'm no. reading four paragraphs. Seb, it's 4,000 words long, you I know. Pillock. Keep that in. Um, <laughs> I will. Hello and welcome to Reminding You Why You Love Football, a weekly podcast from Mundial Magazine. Um, if you don't know Mundial, we launched as a magazine in 2014. Since then, we've done events and some award-winning documentaries, um, a lot of stuff on social, some good, some bad, some in the middle, and we've had a few high-profile spats, and we've been churning out football-adjacent content for nearly 10 years now, and it's been very fun, and we're enjoying doing this weekly podcast. So if it's your first time here, I hope you enjoy it. If you're coming back, thank you very much. If you've reviewed and rated it, thank you even more. Here with me today are Mundial co-founder Sebastian Dennis-White, uh, off the back of a Twitter furore about whether people can drink tea um, <laughs> in the evenings or not. 30 seconds in. And, and next to me, uh, wearing a very fetching... Gremio shirt, which is which is apt, isn't it? Seeing as you're three parts gremlin, James Bird, <laughs> Monday yeah. features editor, straight from the upside down, and and back this week, returning from a a sober stag do where he was the only one who was sober on a narrow boat around a part of England where I'm not quite sure where it was. Producer Tommy Stewart, alive and well. I am alive and well, but I am happy to be back. I quite I had a bit of FOMO actually editing the last podcast and. Uh, James, I really enjoyed the Pep Guardiola. We could not replace you. You're, you're back. <laughs> it, yeah, that was a nice little... That got me started on the edit in a nice, positive way, so thank you. I haven't introduced myself. I'm Owen Blackhurst, and I am the editorial director of Mundial. Anyone, anything to add, James? How would you introduce me if you were doing it? Oh. You're, the, you're the host for a second. Okay, welcome to reminding you... No, you don't need to do all that. <laughs> He's done that. Just with me today is... Owen Blackhurst, editorial director of Mundial, a snake-tongued man. A snake-tongued man, interesting. That's Ooh. why I do the hosting and you do the listening. Seb? Yeah. <laughs> Owen, There's Owen. a lot of pressure on trying to describe Well, there is. That. Yeah, That's I know. I mean, the host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off the back, off the bat every week. Uh, Owen Blackhurst, a force of nature on and off the pitch, uh, has made... On and off the pitch? On and off the pitch. <laughs> I'm not Roy Keane. <laughs> no, well, you are. You are, Yeah. <laughs> This is why Owen hosts. <laughs> Tommy. Yeah. Owen Blackhurst, captain leader legend. See, that's fucking ruined it. I don't want to be John Ten. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, it was a, it was a backhanded. Uh, I would conference. say I don't think that Roy Keane is too far away, actually. What from Owen? Yeah. Sharp tongued, lover of dogs. Doesn't drink. Genius. Sharp minded. Doesn't drink. Got a knee high tackling. Genius. <laughs> Got a knee high tackling him at all mm. times. Pre podcast, mid podcast, part of gold, really. He hates it. Likes to tell people what their jobs are. He's grimacing for the benefit of the listener. Yeah. Doesn't like people not putting it in. No. Yeah. That's true. No, that's me. I don't like people not putting it in. I can't start talking about myself in the third person. <laughs> A great dog walker? I think I'm great. <laughs> well, I think you're pretty good. You're... <laughs> I'm committed. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. That's what Roy Keane is. I, I, I do it. He, he gave Triggs a walk. Yeah, I think he overwalked Triggs at times. <laughs> 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 I, 
<laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. Well, How could you possibly know that? <laughs> well, because he always seemed to be at it. On the TV, yeah. when he was dropped. Well, when he left the World Cup. And no one heard about when... Do you know what? Let's move on from Triggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And Roy Keane. Yeah. Okay. We support these now is a um, a long-standing Mundale social trope. Is it a trope? A vertical? Vertical, yeah. I don't even think it's a vertical. I just haven't been able to think of a better thing to say. But we support these now is where we look at um, something in the news that has made us laugh, cry, punch the air, celebrate, or really think we should get behind it. So we support these now. This week is me. Um, and I am supporting, we are supporting Jude Bellingham. We're recording this on Zimdine Zidane's birthday and the day you're listening to it or the day after or the day before no the day after you're listening to it or the, no the day before you're listening to it on the day this fucking episode is launched <laughs> the Thursday is Jude Bellingham's 20th birthday um, so I'm wearing uh, Zidane's shirt for that because um, obviously Jude Bellingham is taking the number five when he Brilliant. well when he plays for Madrid next, next season but why do we support Jude Bellingham there's a multitude of reasons really in that firstly there's such a lack of hoopla and razzmatazz around him as as a player. I, I I love the fact that he just calmly played for Birmingham for a little bit, played enough that they've retired his shirt at the age of 17 or whatever and, and moved to Dortmund and we all know this. And then also quietly went about his business there in just making himself into a much better footballer and, and taking on the mantra of, of the leader on the pitch really after... After Haaland left, and even when Haaland was there, and, and, and James and I went to Dortmund's ground. Mm. We went to Dortmund's ground last November, and, and as we were being rained on, I know, or October, as we were being rained on by beer and piss, I've never seen to this ever anywhere in the world a group of fans so fucking shit-faced as Dortmund fans on match day, and without there being any air of <laughs> violence. Just a drunk city, wasn't it, Birdo? <laughs> uh, steaming, but... Jude Bellingham was so far and away better than every player on the pitch. Ran the show, scored two, didn't he? Should have scored a hat-trick. Apologised to the yellow wall for trying to get a hat-trick when he could have squared it to someone else. But yep. if anyone's seen him play in the flesh, you'll understand why I'm, I'm talking like this. Because he is different. He's one of those players who look different on, on, on the pitch. Very Rude Hullet-esque, actually. If, uh, why I'm, I'm not supporting him because he's good at football. Just supporting him because this, this, he just seems so in control and laser focused and nice and he come his family come across as lovely I, like, I just like the fact that he was off on holiday for a few days with his brother and you know Job's obviously got his first bigger move to well not bigger I mean Birmingham Sunderland similar clubs but he was at the uh, Pharrell's Louis Vuitton walk as well in Paris yeah he was there and then he's just done a pop up with Adidas in Birmingham and he's been shaking hands and signing autographs of young kids from Birmingham who Brilliant. come from a, you know, a similar background to him he's obviously from Starbridge not Birmingham for anyone who knows the Midlands I love the fact it would have been so easy for him to either hold out for a move to Liverpool if they could have afforded him or were back in the Champions League or City would have had him I just like the fact he was I'm going to go to Madrid and there's nothing that makes me think he won't go there and make an absolute success out of it. Mm. And, you know, when Beckham went, it was all... And I'm not that I've got anything against Beckham, but it was all big and PR and fucking all sorts. And, you know, often British players go at the end of their career and, you know, Gerard went to Galaxy and was a fucking disaster. And, you know, Robbie Keane went to Galaxy and, you know, well, he's not British, he's Irish, but Robbie Keane went to um, Galaxy and scored a shitload of goals and is a legend. But the point being that it's a 20-year-old going to Madrid. Mm. He's looked at it, obviously, and gone, fucking hell, me, Camavinga... 
You know, they've got they've got some good young players, Vinny and Rodrigo. And it's like, God. And you just know he's going to go. And he's probably going to become, you know, the best player in his position in the world, isn't he? And he just goes about it with such a nice way. There's no feeling that he's going to be in the press for the wrong reason or even wants to. And that doesn't mean he hasn't got a personality. I think it's the opposite of that. Whenever you hear him speak, he's clearly got his head screwed on and has got a personality and, and understands where he's come from and where he's going. But, you know, just the whole thing, his dad was a non-league legend. Have you seen his dad beaming at his Real Madrid unveiling? It's just fucking... We might have spoken about it before, I don't know. And then him and Joe were off on holiday together. And you also get the... Like, if me and my brother had been... Um, <laughs> Both got transfers and I'd gone to Madrid and he'd gone to Sunderland. <laughs> I'd be fucking taunting him on a weekly basis, just fucking sending pictures of my surroundings going, are you going to the northeast, yeah, yeah. Peter? Uh, whereas <laughs> I can't imagine Jude Bellingham be doing that. He's a he's a thoroughly nice lad, but as a brilliant to watch. And I mean, I I, I, I think I might go and try and go to the um, Bernabeu to watch him. I think I'd, it's something I'd really like to do. I've not been there for a game. I've been for the tour, but just all for, all for Jude Bellingham. But I've said enough about him, James. I mean, just to further what you were saying about when we watched him in Dortmund, so he was so he was just absolutely wonderful on and off the ball. He got on the ball so much because his positioning was so good. Always, always in space, always play, making the right decision, which is so crucial because so many brilliant players don't make the right decisions. But leading the rest of the team as well, wasn't he? And telling them where to go and moving them around was, as well. He was at 19. At 19. He was, play, he was playing at another level. I also think that, people should talk more about how brave he is because to go to Germany and then to go from Germany to Spain for a British player isn't the usual route that they take. I think it could be incredible that you could have maybe one of the best English players of all time and he might never play in the Premier League. But I think, he's, I think his family will have... I mean, he probably will at some point, but he, but he might not. Sure. He might not. He might go on a European tour and then come back to Birmingham when he's 34. But I think it's, I think it's brave. I think it's brave to do that. It's difficult to move abroad, whether it's languages. No, no matter how much you're looked after by the club or the institution that you're part of, it's difficult to move abroad, and, and especially for English people where we don't have natural you know we're not taught a second language at school as well as other places are hang on is this is this you sending a message to <laughs> matilde that you don't actually want to move to italy through jude bellingham <laughs> can you can you cut that <laughs> you cut that i'm just not going to be able to he won't be able to learn the language and the food oh you won't get on with the food and no, it's just of, a different place and the signs are different and... i'm sort of saying the opposite of that know, which is yeah, that yeah. i think that he's the kind of person that is brave and takes on challenges and i think that's against the norm for a lot of british players traditionally so yeah and as again i played in the starbridge league when I, when I was a kid and you know you come up against some tough tough players we used to come off those pitches with our tail properly between our legs would he have ever played in the Starbridge League um, probably not maybe he did when he was much younger but point being is that for him to go from that I'm just saying I'm proud of him as someone else from the West Midlands yeah no to, me, to, as, to, me to, as to be well. making to, to be making the best and the most of his incredible talents because well, he's an incredible footballer well with him and Grealish now there's a there's a real there's a West Midlands people are talking about Villas people are talking about Birmingham well, it do you seems know what to I me hope, Seb? that for people like me and James it'll yeah. do a lot for our bloody accents because it, it's always that, that, at the bottom of the I mean. pile <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. always at the say. one people don't like the most yeah yeah you know making like you said making you feel proud to be yeah, yeah. in West Midlands because Jack and Jude putting us back on the map. Well, you know, Madrid. He's going to Madrid. Like we've all, you've both said, he's got a head screwed on him, so we know he's going to be, he probably is going to fulfil most of what we think he's going to fulfil. And also, so handsome. 
So handsome. He so looks, cool. He looks incredible in that Madrid shirt. He does. He does, yeah. He does. Taking Zidane's number as well. Big balls. Looks like he was born to yeah. do it. Franksy. Oh, I mean, Zizo. It's my oh. favourite. He was my favourite oh. when I was growing up. Zizo. Loved him. He was given the number 22 at Birmingham because his coach said that he was a number 10, a number 8 and a number 4 all wrapped into one. So, a resounding yes to we support Jude Bellingham then? Absolutely. An, an addendum to we support these now is... Um, if anyone saw that the veteran five live and more well, veteran BBC journalist uh, Roddy Forsyth retired recently and he announced it on air and after 42 years in the game covered I think five World Cups and three European Cup finals featuring um, Scottish clubs that because of Parkinson's and also related or non-related things he, he, he couldn't carry on and Roddy Forsyth one of those voices you might not know you've heard that often mm. but you will know that when you're in the car or on a Saturday and if, if you're like me sometimes I'll time a I'll time my errands on a Saturday so I can listen to football on the radio because I love it and if I'm sat at home I'll watch it on the telly and mm. and now we go live to Ibrox with Roddy Forsyth and uh, and Roddy would always have a, a he was a good brilliant old school broadcaster great voice would always have a bit of a chat and you had to sum up a game very quickly mm. could get you right into the atmosphere and yeah I mean yeah, really sad that he that he sort of had to bow out after a Scotland game and he said you know that he sitting around in cold Scottish stadiums four and a half, five hours at a time is, is just not the one anymore. But uh, yeah, I just thought he deserved a mention of one of the characters of the game who could, you know, there was a bit of coverage of it, but could easily sort of slip away, you know, slip off yeah. into retirement without people remembering him. So Roddy Forsyth, go well, fella. You're a brilliant broadcaster and wish you all the best. Vollywood. Welcome to Vollywood. Just imagine it. A big sign. Welcome to Hollywood. Players from across the ages all banging it in top corner of Hollywood soon. Baby. Welcome to Hollywood. This that's how it goes in Hollywood, James. Hollywood, baby. <laughs> Into the Hollywood Walk of Fame. We've got Neves. Oh, Ruben Neves. Oh, James is talking Just about Wolves. Don't player. think yeah, you understand. Wolverhampton's man. He's better than Zidane. We've got Ruben Neves. But Sorry. you haven't anymore. You had him. <clears throat> you had him. We'll get on to that. <laughs> but yeah, my entry to the Hollywood Hall of Fame is Ruben Neves, 21 years old. It's his goal against Derby, April 2018. 2018 is the season where Foson's project really kickstarts. We've Wolves got... are in the championship, right? Yep. Nuno's the manager. Diego Jota's playing for us. We've signed a couple of, you know, young, brilliant Portuguese players. And one of those is Ruben Neves, who has come to us despite being the youngest captain in the Champions League of all time. He was captain of Porto at 18. And it's the back end of the season. Wolves are getting promoted. Derby are in and around the um, the playoff places. And it looks like we're going up and we're probably going to win the league. We are we are the best team in the league by far. We've got the biggest resources. We've probably got the best manager. And played, some, played some good football. Played some good oh, football. Yeah. And, and Ruben Neves hasn't sort of entered... English football and had to find his feet. He's fucking come in and he's looked like a he looks like an air traffic controller the way that he, you know. Was well, he walking around waving flags everywhere? Well, the way that he passes the ball, the way that he shoots, he scores six goals from outside of the box that season. I mean, all, the, I remember, all this is great. 
I just struggle to see how he's an air traffic controller. Well, an air traffic controller makes sure that all the moving parts are moving in the right way for, well, what things, he... for things to be efficient. And Ruben Neves did that for Wolves. He would pick up the ball and he'd wait until the right moment to play an incredible laser focus pass. And that's why he's an air traffic controller. In did this he, did game... he stop Adama Traore crashing into things? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll never say a bad word about Adama Traore. No, I won't either, but you know. Anyway, this goal. So... We're already 1-0 up. Jota scored in the first half. 50 minutes gone. We get a corner. Barry Douglas, left-footed, so it's an out-swinging corner. Puts it in. Chris Baird, Derby's defender, heads it clear. It's it's a good header as well. Like it, it's, it, it goes, Big header. Big header. It goes 35 yards out. Who's lurking, though? Who's Nervous. always lurking outside of the box? And I love watching Ruben Neves from corners. Puts his flags down. Puts his back down. <laughs> Pauses the Boeing. Pause, correct, correct. We've got a contest coming in. An Airbus, Concord. An Airbus 320. It's ready to land. Biggest biggest uh, plane in the world, that. Um, but yeah, I love watching Ruben from corners because, and Skulls used to do it as well, the way that they watch from the moment the ball comes in, they start to predict where the ball's going to be cleared to. And Nevers is always far away enough to not be marked properly, but close enough to be able to get to that ball first. So the ball comes out. Nevers's first touch is with the outside of his boot and he flicks it up high. It's over his head and it looks like it's coming too far back mm. for him to be able to get a good connection with it. The technique with which he turns that iffy first touch into a 40-yard volley into the top corner of the Derby County net is incredible. If you look at it, if you pause it, the moment he strikes the ball, it looks like another another aeroplane analogy here. It looks like he's in the fucking brace position. His head is so far over the ball. His arms are so tight. In fact, his arms are sort of straight. Like, it's the perfect Well, he volley. wouldn't be in the brace position with his no, arms. No, I know. I, I realise the arms break isn't right. But he's, his whole body is so tense. Or does he look like a man who's broken both his wrists in the brace position? Yeah. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Okay. No, yeah, yeah, it works. And anyway, the ball flies, the ball, the ball flies into the back of the net. And the thing that gets me about this goal whenever I watch it back. Which is how often? I don't know. <laughs> Every now and again. Every now and again when I need to pick me up. Oh. As the ball hits the back of the net, you know when you watch the fans behind the goal and when they can feel that there's been a good strike and a couple of them are celebrating already, nobody is. Because it's no, gone so quickly? It's gone, or so, just, it's gone yeah. so quickly and they don't celebrate until the ball's been in the back of the net for a good half a second and it's almost like everyone's sort of checking that what they've just seen has actually happened. They're almost looking at each other as if to say, have you, have you just seen that as well? Mm. It's, it's an incredible goal. It was voted um, Wolves' goal of the decade. Um, it was definitely voted the championship goal of the season. Um, I think when you hear Neves talk about it, he talks about the noise of the crowd as it goes in as well because his family were there and he was like, yeah, there's sort of a silence. And then after the balls hit the back of the net, it really goes up. And... With you know his him moving away from Wolves, which is probably overdue, to be honest. I think he's done us a massive favour by staying for so long because to watch Ruben Neves play football has been a fucking privilege. He's incredible. By far the best player that I've ever seen play for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, but by far. Will, yeah, yeah, yeah. By Be far. Better than Neil Emblem. Better yeah. than Neil Emblem. A couple of people like that last week, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> seen him in the comments. Um <laughs> But yeah, it's it's just an absolutely incredible, incredible goal. Cody runs after him. Neves puts his finger to his forehead. I don't know. He's such a good footballer, and I've seen him quite a lot. 
that to suddenly not be able to see him, I feel that is quite sad from a purely selfish thing. And I can understand, you, you know, footballers have a short career. He can earn as much money as he wants and do it whoever he wants. I'm not yeah. gonna, it's not for up to us to moralise on, on footballers' behalves or do anything like that. But it would be a shame not to see him because you could have sensed him being, being part of Klopp's regeneration of Liverpool or Arteta, a renewed charge because they're, you know... They're, they're, Arsenal are going to spend a lot of money on, on some players and I tell you what they could have done a lot worse than, than buying Ruben Neves you know we, we half joked when you mentioned it that you're going to talk about a Wolves volley but I knew the, what you, which volley you were talking about yeah. I knew exactly straight away I was like, yeah. he he is just a quality quality player and it's really nice because whatever happens and from now like you said he's the best player you've ever seen at Wolves oh yeah I mean so what so in 20, 20 30 years time you'll be, still be talking about Ruben Neves yeah like I was talking about Marcus Stewart last week. Obviously, they're different, but you know what I mean. The players that make give you memories like that and give you... It's amazing. Yeah. And you were talking about watching the crowd behind the goal. What I always like is when people are stunned, is the first person who always breaks and walks to the goal scorer doing both of flicking the Vs. <laughs> I watched one of the playoff games, and I think it was a female Sunderland fan, and she, the goal had gone in. And everyone else was stunned, and she's just fucking walking down. Yeah. Like, what? Fuck off! What? Fuck off! Back up there, you fucking howling. I might have sent you a picture of it, Seb, because I knew you'd be watching it. But um, <laughs> Seb, I know you know. Do you know who the goalkeeper was who um, Ruben Neves scored that volley past? Chris Kirkland, didn't it? No. no, he's recently been in the news again. Scott Carson, correct? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Scott as, Carson, as James says in the script here, wow. Scott Carson sits on the floor and smiles and nods. Yeah. Just, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a really good and, and shout out to the Wolves video department there's a really good Yanni um, Macaroonis yeah, yeah out, out to Yanni probably wasn't there then but yeah. there's um, no but there's a really good anniversary uh, little 15 minute documentary about the goal that was released in April and they interview Scott Carson they interview the ref from the game uh, they interview a couple of fans That's in it. Good. It's really, really good. Listen, and and Scott Scott Carson says that God, um, imagine they'll fucking hell, they'll do a series if you win something. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Scott Carson says that um, he fifteen minutes on one goal. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Scott Scott <laughs> Scott Carson says that we're Ed, guilty of a deep dive. To be fair, hey? yeah, we are. We are guilty, we are of, a guilty deep dive. of a deep dive. Yeah, but I mean, come on. <laughs> Mind you, I suppose it's better than trotting out the fucking Honved story again, isn't it? It's a fair play. Anyway, Scott Carson says that um, after the ball hits the back of the net, he says that he lies in a heap. And then as he sits up, he looks up at Never celebrating and just goes, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Mundial joins the dots for football culture. And that's not a boast by us, but the words of an actual subscriber in our most recent reader survey. Why not see what they're on about and have a look at Mundial Magazine. 100 pages of global football magic released four times a year. It looks great, smells great and the writing isn't bad either. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the show description to find out more. Indian Summers, Loans and Last Chance Saloons is where we go next for Adventures in Clubland, a magazine regular that we've brought onto the podcast and have had um, a lot of fun in doing so. It's a great place to go and talk about things and, and, and little periods in players' career. Uh, Adventures in Clubland, Sebastian Dennis White. Before you go off on one, I before know. your bloody tangents, listeners, know. we're trying to rein him in. We know he goes. He's into the Mind Palace. He's gone. He's off on one of his fucking tours through the record books. But Seb... <laughs> Let's give them the headline information at the top, right? Head, sell, intro, in you go. Who is it? What the years? Who are they playing for? Where are we going? Who is it? It's Graham Souness. It's 1984. 
He's just won the European Cup as captain for Liverpool, but he's on his way for a stint at Sampdoria in Italy. <laughs> Sampdoria. <laughs> and Graham Soonis, fit as a butcher's oh. dog. Perm, full muzzy. Proper perm and full of... I think they'd won three trophies that season before, two before that. Just coming from a relentless Liverpool machine that had obviously, you know... Done so so well. I would imagine he's had a he's had a a, a decent amount of time uh, sunning himself before the move. So he's, he's probably the colour of teak. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> but he gets offered the chance to go to Sampdoria. Now this is a Sampdoria who have haven't won ver- haven't won anything really, but have been constant you know regulars in mid table in in Serie. A. It's a Sampdoria with Mancini, young Mancini, young Viali, Trevor um, Francis. Trevor Francis is there now. Trevor Francis, uh, Graham, it, 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 this, our younger listeners, uh, the first one million pound footballer. Exactly, exactly, and a very, very good footballer. And he, Birmingham City's best ever player before Jude Bellingham. Exactly, exactly. Look at that. So, Tre- so Trevor Francis is asked by a Sampdoria ch- uh, chairman who they should go for next summer because Liam Brady. This is this before, obviously, as soon as joins. Liam Brady's there, but he's moving. He's moving on. So they need they need a, a good midfielder. He's at Samp. Liam, Brady. Liam Brady's at Samp, yeah. Oh, this is a season before, sorry. So he left Juventus after Platini came in? Yes, because of the foreigner rule. And they asked Trevor Francis, who should they who should they go for? Because obviously at the time, they got loads. Italian football's got a lot of money. The owner of Sampdoria's got, is a billionaire, so they got a shitload of money. And he suggests to them Brian Robson. Uh, Man United aren't selling Brian Robson at the time, or Brian Robson doesn't want to go. And attentions quickly turns to um, Graham Souness, you know, who I say second choice, but like I said, captain of Liverpool, 31, had been brilliant, won three European Cups, eight, nearly over 50 goals for Liverpool, nearly 400 games, you know, four of, you've got to be a decent player to have, to have played in that side. So he goes to Sampdoria. He goes to Sampdoria and um, this is a Serie A with Maradona, Platini, Boniek, Socrates, Elkia, there. This is a lovely, lovely Serie A. And but Graham Souness just hits the ground running. Hits the ground running. He um, scores in the first game. Scores a winner in a one 0 win in his first game. He even says in a brilliant interview uh, on the great podcast, the big interview with Graham Hunter, that he actually found it easy in Italy. <laughs> he found it easy because he said that because they were so defensive, the midfielders would drop back. So he so, had no pressure on him. Exactly. So he said he found it easy, and he's a fucking incredible player at this point as well. It's not, you know, he's so good. And this is this is all nice, but the the speedos, Seb. I've seen a picture. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, him, one of him. The collection of swimwear he yeah. must have invested in before going. <laughs> yeah. Let's not forget things like this. <sighs> yeah, and him and I mean, there's some great shots of him and Francis oh. on speedboats and all sorts, and yeah, and he's a good-looking man, Graham. Soon, he's, he is now, you know. He is a good look. He's, he's, aged, I, I he's think... aged wonderfully, hasn't he? He has a great season. He's a brilliant, brilliant. He's a brilliant player. Sampdoria finish in. I think they finish fourth, but they get to the Coppa Italia final, and they win it for the first time. First leg, one 0 win at the San Siro. Goal by Graham Souness, and oh, the celebration wow. is just. He's, I think it's quite late on in the game, and you can just see him. He's just like. It was just like so easy for him to go to San Siro. What and, type of goal? Well, the ball sort of pings around in the box and he runs in late to the box and he does he does like a, a side foot volley. He doesn't hit it quite as cleanly as he, I think he'd like, but enough to, for it to go in. And then you just he's besieged by loads of players with the same perms as him. It's brilliant. <laughs> but 
wearing that incredible Sampdoria kit. I don't think the Sampdoria kit gets enough credit. I would, it's I unique would agree. And the badge. And incre- oh. Brilliant, yeah. It's so good, isn't it? And the, the blue, the blue of it, and the NR logo, which who also used to do Napoli's kits at the time. But, but the black, with oh. the black and the blue, and that was similar colours to, to, to Gremio. Yeah. But, but that, you know... The, the Every kit's a banger. He wins Coppa Italia. He's loving it. He's loving it. And he even says oh, he would have stayed. And he stayed, he stays for another season, has a great time, is loving the football. Like he said, he's found it easy. He believes... And he, in the in same, again, talking in the brilliant Graham Hunter interview he does, he believes that he could have carried on playing there for four or five years because he was and he was playing with the youngsters like Viali, young Mancini, and he was giving them advice. And he, he says, I used to give them advice all the time. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they didn't. But and Vjekovod's there as well. Didn't didn't Viali? Um, they they got on very well very quickly because I remember soon yeah. he spoke very movingly about Viali um, when he when he when he died last year. Yeah, he did. Year. And I think this is the. The, the the dichotomy of Sunis, isn't it? It's a difficult one because it was very easy for most, for a lot of people to dislike him for years because of giving that interview to the News of the World when he was Liverpool manager and he got um, rightly vilified for it. He's, he's sort of apologised for it. I don't want to weigh in on, 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 on that debate here now, but he was obviously a brutal footballer when he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. If you look at a supercut of Sunis, you'll wince at least three times. The famous tackle against uh, Steyr Bucharest, which is... You know, it's on the wrong player. It's yeah, it's a, ter- yeah. It's a terrible challenge. He, it, but he, he It's says, a terrible challenge. He's always said those things that he did, which he is embarrassed at about now, that he did them for a reason at the time. And that Steyr Bucharest one, he thought it was Lacatus who had chopped everyone to bits in the in the in the previous <laughs> he game. just got the wrong player yeah and he said because he was always walking around with a with a shirt untucked he just assumed he saw the shirt untucked of a player coming behind him and he went for him and he said it was and he said Lakatus is in the background just smiling at him <laughs> and also recently what what Graham Sunis has done I mean but he's he's raised one million or over one million for um, um children and what people affected by this uh, rare skin condition and he was clearly so visibly Moved by it that in, in every interview talking oh. about how she'd inspired him, it was. Uh, God, yeah. I mean, you don't expect seventy-year-old incendiary pundit Graham Soonis to be swimming the channel because he's been moved by someone's story, and I, and I think that does show that we're all layered and we're all complex, and maybe Soonis isn't the person that a lot of people thought he was, or maybe he is, but Amen maybe we all are that. because we're all layered, right? And we've all made mistakes. How many things have you done in your past that you regret? Yeah, today. And yeah, I was gonna. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three. Yeah, exactly. Another one who, because it's been a long time since he retired, a lot of people of a certain age don't remember him as a footballer and he has become Graham Soonis off the telly. Imagine if you combined Perlo and Gattuso and rolled him into a little ball. Yeah, that because he had the quality, he had the he had the te- he had the ability and technical you know technical side of things. He was hard, of course he was, and he's a, he admits that. But he's like, he, I, I was a good footballer as well. Yeah, he was a very good. Footballer. There's no reason, you know. He's, he goes scorer of great goals. Yes, exactly. exactly. Um, given a, a very hard apprenticeship by. Um, didn't really work out for him at Spurs, did it? But he, then he went to Middlesbrough, and he said Jack Charlton, Jack Charlton. made him a man. Right. There's some great stuff about him and Jack Charlton, isn't there? Yeah. Jack Charlton like bollocked him, and were like, you know, you're going to go, you're you're going to go off the rails here. You're going to go the wrong way, and and Jack really fucking got hold of him and and, and made him. And you know, he played a lot of games before he got to Liverpool. Yeah, he didn't just go to Liverpool ready-made. He played. He did his. You know, he played a lot of games for for Middlesbrough. Yeah, I just couldn't believe my eyes the other week when I opened my laptop and it wasn't a video from thirty years ago. There was Graham Souness walking across the pitch with a Galatasaray flag. Oh, yeah, of course. Again, 
In his pundit shoes. In his pundit shoes. Just fucking swinging it round. But the smile on his Not face. Not again, Graham. The smile on his face was... Un- it, it's it's and, incredible. And which fucking wheeze in the marketing department of Galatasaray has gone, we're, we're probably going to win it. Yeah. Should we get... Let's get Graham. Should we get the flag? Yeah. Out? Graham's not working on Sky anymore. He's training for this swim. Yeah. But and, and also with Soonis, we've talked about glow ups on this on this show. Graham Soonis's continual glow up. You know, he gave up eating meat a few years ago, and he's become quite an outspoken uh, critic of the of the meat and dairy industry. I didn't know this. Yeah. Complex but... man. He's a complex. He's, he's a complex character. Because my my immediate thoughts are things that we've all discussed and, and are like, you know, this guy, I've seen the tackles, I've heard the things he said on TV that I've disagreed with, but then he does brilliant things. He was clearly a very good player. The flag shit, that just makes me laugh because I love a wum and wind up yeah. merchant. Yeah. Forum speak that, if you ever see that on the forums. A wum. A wum. Yeah. Oh, don't, ignore that guy, he's a wum. That's what we're saying. <laughs> what people say to you. That's what we say on the Molyneux mix anyway. Oh, it's not the weather forums. <laughs> but I'm not then, sure you do like a wind up merchant. I get angry, but I enjoy them. You get annoyed at me a lot. <laughs> for wind, mainly for winding you up. And in, in fact, I'm you know pretty what? sure one of your outs today is going to be about you getting done by a team of wind-up merchants, isn't it? Yeah. I, well, lost, I lost my edit. We'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. But Graham, uh, yeah, that's a great adventure in Clubland. So Graham Soonis, I mean, yeah, a, 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 the kit is great. He looks, I mean, he looked then like a rock star and he looks now like an ageing Hollywood star, doesn't he? Yeah, oh, he might do a couple of roles now and again. He'll do a bit of character acting. He might pop up in a Tarantino or a, co- a coffee <laughs> advert here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee, coffee advert here yeah, and there, yeah. and you know, and just just regularly seen, just fucking cutting about happy as Larry wearing linen. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Mundial Archive is something we have recently introduced. Is we've got 26, 20, 26 back issues of, of the magazine to delve into and, and tell some of our favourite stories and talk about some, some writers who have made us um, happy over the year with their words. And today it's James, but who do you want to read it, Seb? I don't know why you're doing this. Well, I think, I think James should have a go. I want James to grow out of the shadow, flourish out of the shadow. I don't oh, know. like Ronaldinho and, and JJ, JJ Kocha yeah, yeah. all again. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see that in action. I want his sunflower to grow. Yeah, yeah. So in uh, 2019, I think we commissioned, or I commissioned for this, uh, Mike Gibbons, um, one of our long-term writers. Mike, very good writer, written a few books, done quite a, done quite a lot, wrote, wrote a book about Danish Dynamite. Mike is g- uh, generally one of the good guys, and for this 
I asked him if he'd like to write about Bobby Robson's time at Porto because I think one thing we do well at Mundial, if you don't know some of the longer form stuff we've done, is um, often the harder, the harder. There's a lot of stuff which re rewrites or retells the accepted narrative of people's career, and it's very easy to do because you can tell the story of Ronaldo's goal at Compostela, the hand of God, and stuff like that. And it's very easy, and you do another version of it, and everyone likes it. It's a little bit of dopamine, but what we've sort of become known for, or certain, certainly some of our best stuff over the years, is going away from the accepted narrative and finding the good stories that don't get talked about. And I was sort of quite obsessed with this at the time, that Bobby Robson, after England, when he got treated like fucking shabbily, or awfully by the press, who have all crawled backwards from it and, you know, and anointed him after that. After PSV, went to he went to Portugal and, ma and managed both Sporting and Porto, and, and, and Porto became revenge for a, a cruel, Oof. cruel Oof. sacking um, by the Sporting uh, chairman on the plane. So I'm going to leave it to James now to take us into the meat of the story. And this is Viva Bobby Five-O by Mike Gibbons, as read by James Bird. There we go. So we're going to, it's just a, a short excerpt, and we're going to enter the story just after Robson has been sacked. So he's sacked in December 1993, and then I believe in January 94 is when he's offered the job in Porto. So having been removed so unceremoniously out of a job, Robson had little to do other than mooch around Lisbon. For weeks, I walked around the city with my hands in my pockets, he said, having a rest and wondering what to do next. And all the time people were stopping me and apologising, saying it was the decision of a mad president and not their wish. As he plotted his next move that Christmas, he turned down offers to interview for managerial vacancies with Everton and Wales. The one thing that did interest him was a Daily Telegraph-sponsored junket to follow the England cricket team around the West Indies. And then the call came. Robson, as everyone knows, was one of football's purest souls, a geezer of frothing enthusiasm barely contained by human skin. <laughs> Yet that childlike and charmingly naive love for the game masked a single-minded ruthlessness without which a career in the cutthroat world of football management would have been impossible. When FC Porto approached Robson to take over as manager barely a month after he'd been sat by Sporting, one of the basest human motivations was a driving factor in him accepting the offer to stay in Portugal long term. He said, By this time I had fallen in love with the country and there was always the prospect of a wicked touch of revenge about this opportunity. When sounding out Mourinho, who had been his interpreter at Sporting, about the move, Robson landed his first blow back at the club by convincing him to come along for the ride. The pair headed 192 miles north along the Portuguese coast in January 94 to find a giant of Portuguese football in a depressed state. The club was in a wrangle with the local authorities over taxes and within a few months of Robson taking over, the stadium was seized and temporarily closed, forcing him to use the car park to conduct training sessions. <laughs> Results hadn't been horrendous before his arrival, but the football stank and fans had voted with their feet. The crowds at the Estadio das Antas sinking as low as 10,000 had been the main reason that coach Tomislav Ivich had been removed to make way for Robson. The team didn't attack enough, Robson later reflected. There were too many dreary draws. Even at home, the coach had them defending with five in a saucer shape. The first thing I did was scrap the sweeper, and it was transformative. Within a few months, the number five found a whole new frame of reference at FC Porto. In back-to-back -back league games in February, they walloped Famalicao and Braga 5-0. A month on from that, in a crucial Champions League game away to the German champions, Robson's team hosed down Werder Bremen with the same score. 
Crowds in Porto soon rocketed back up to over 40,000. And in the Portuguese media, Robson was christened Bobby Fivo. And there we go. Brilliant. I get goosebumps hearing you say that again. It remains one of my favourite stories we've had in Mundial, irrespective of whether I commissioned or not. One of my favourite things I've ever commissioned in a, a long and varied, I wouldn't say storied, a long and an, an up and down career. But I love, I love Mike. I love his writing. I love commissioning him because you know he is a research machine, but then mm. he also has the flourish to turn mm. that research into something that makes you want to read more of it. And he has done it time and time and time and time and time again. He did the Maradona mm. cover for our five covers and we, we teed him up with some uh, interviews from Argentina and he did that. He's done a great piece on Georgie Hadji, which James worked with him on for, for the current issue that's out now, which is talking about Hadji's time at Gala, which is great. He manages to bottle the time and the emotion and and the feeling of it. And there's another, I was, I'm glad you chose that bit because mm. that's a good summation for, for the fan, but there's another bit in this, which he found. And I think he put it in cause he knew I'd love it. They loved living in, in Portugal, Robson and his wife, and they joined the expat community and Robson managed to play cricket for the first time in, in 30 odd years. Cause he's been quite a promising cricketer and was one of those kids who could have chosen either. Mm. And he gets 39, I think playing for the, like the expat society before getting caught out trying to advance down the pitch and lash one over mid-wicket. And it just tells you everything you need to know about Bobby Robson, that he was like, you know, he, he got out, went swinging as well, a, a baseballer yeah. before the time. Before the time. And, you know, that I love that. He was... Um, God, Bobby Robson's team's played wonderful football. Yeah. What, what, mm. you know, and he obviously went to Barca, but and coming back to Newcastle and, and how he got savagely treated and and, and, and and sacked when they were a fucking good team, really. It's, it's still is a, bizar a bizarre decision, but um, just the warmth which everyone speaks about him. But I think it's also right, he was he had to be a hard bastard. Yeah, oh, you know? definitely. Imagine that for a nickname. What they, why'd they call you that? Because we keep winning 5-0. Yeah. But, the, but the, the further postscript to this is they went on and overhauled Sporting, who had cruelly sacked him. Yeah. He, he put Porto right back at the top and they battered Sporting loads of times. They absolutely battered him. And he only left Porto to go and take the Barcelona job. Yeah. Which is where he's obviously signed Ronaldo and, you know. And for anyone that enjoyed that and would like to read the rest of it, which I advise everyone to do, because as Owen just said, Mike Gibbons is a fantastic, fantastic writer. That's going to be available to read on the mundialmag.com website. Is it? Yeah. When? I'm going to upload it by next week. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> you might have to wait a couple of days for the link, but it, it'll get there eventually. And if you if you get bored waiting for the link, then I would thoroughly recommend um, Mike's book, uh, When Football Came Home, about Euro 96. Oh, that'll, anyway. that'll take longer. They'll have to order that. Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll <laughs> yeah. see Tell you what. <laughs> couple of fucking digital fucking superstars, you two, aren't you? <laughs> All I'll say is Owen said how Mike captures the time and essence of a period so, so well, but reading that book when football came home about Euro 96, it's just a definitive book about an incredible summer. Are you looking to join a club? Well, how about Club Mundial? It's what we call our subscriber offering, and it's the best club in the world, we think. For only £10 a quarter, you get the magazine through your door, a tidy little membership card, 20% off all Mundial merchandise and discounts at classic football shirts, All Press Espresso, Art of Football and Percival Menswear. What more do you want? You also get priority access to events, subscriber-only merchandise and a weekly Club Mundial newsletter. Go to mundialmag.com or follow the link in the description to subscribe today. We'll see you at the bar.
Next up, get with the programme, where Seb White, a voracious programme by now, a lurker at programme fairs around the capital, a man who's uh, disappearing down the cracks on eBay looking for rarities and non-entities, some might say. <laughs> these are your jazz mags these days, I suppose, aren't they? <laughs> Where, where once it may have been Club International and Razzle as a younger man. <laughs> it's now the uh, programme from 1984 between Lech Poznan and Liverpool in the first round of the European Cup. Sensational. Great. I mean, looking at it, it looks like it's from the 60s or 70s, I would say. Not doesn't look like it's from, from mid-80s. This is obviously very much of its location behind the Iron Curtain. And I spoke to, um, I spoke to a guy called Dave who runs the, the Lion Tavern in Liverpool. Great, a great pub. Exactly. It's one of the things, I mean, although I can still go to pubs, and I, Tommy, I don't know if you, if, if you... They're not the same. No. And I fucking loved pubs. I have the same thing, man. And I thought the Lion, the Lion Tavern, I lived in Liverpool for a while, and the, and the Lion Tavern's... Fucking terrific boozer. Yeah. Liverpool have owned some of the best pubs in England. But anyway, the reason I was speaking to Dave, he was one of he thinks around fourteen Liverpool fans <laughs> that got got behind the Iron Curtain because this is Lech Poznan, this is Poland. You know, you know, it wasn't an actual curtain, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the way you said that, then it's like they he like got behind. Yeah, used a tin can, used a tin opener to get through it. It's. <laughs> It wasn't an actual curtain, but it was definitely there was a barrier of some sorts. And he, <laughs> he looking for the pulleys somewhere. Yeah, yeah. pull it, pull it up. Yeah. Bit more, bit more, bit more. Anyway, they go via. Oh, it's Ber fucking heavy. This they have to they have to go via Berlin. They have to go via Berlin. They have two nights in West Berlin, which he says was incredible. He said it was hedonistic. It was superb because. Everyone was just walking around. And this is 84, 1984, so we are talking peak Cold War. We're talking people are, people are genuinely worried that there's going to be a nuclear war at some point. And he said everyone, because of that, everyone on the west side, because they, they think they're in the buffer bit, so to speak, between east and west, they're just enjoying life. And they have two great nights. And then they get the train the next day to, you know, through the curtain. They go, behind, they go through the curtain into into the Eastern Europe. And he said the difference is, was just incredibly, obviously incredibly stark. Everything was different. Um, his passport was full just from different stamps because they had to keep stopping and sta stamping their passports. But he's going there for a, a first round game against Lech Poznan. They get there and they, they, they don't have an away end, so to speak. They Holders as well, Liverpool. Let's, Liverpool not, let's not forget. Yeah. They'd been behind the Iron Curtain before with the semi-final against Dynamo Bucharest as well, which he, which a lot of Liverpool fans had gone, so not many people went again. And he said the thing he remembers most about the match is a big, big, big solidarity banner unfurled by the Polish fans behind the goal. And then he said the the authorities took great exception to and 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 it all and it all kicked off. And in between all that, John Walk scores the only goal of the game and they win one nil. And he said. The only thing he really remembers, as well as the you know the bleakness of being behind the, behind the curtain, was he had twenty US dollars because they took dollars out there, in the in the bar, and the whole bar was flocking towards me because I could had twenty dollars so I could afford to buy anything. He said the vodka was so cheap, so the coke was more expensive than the vodka, and he said it was a he said it was a great night. But this is a program from that night. I think it's probably a replica. I don't think I think it might have been reproduced. I don't think this was. I think the design is obviously from from that time, but it's wow very basic. I think the photocopies of the teams and all the script in Polish and that. But yeah, it's a different. It's a totally different time. This eighty four, eighty five, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, young young Grobola there on the back. 
Joe Fagan. And again, Daglish, Phil Thompson, little, European little Sammy Lee there on the far right. Little Sammy Lee. Funny in it that Sammy Lee couldn't join Big Sam Very at funny. Leeds because he was on jury duty. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yes. Ronnie, Ronnie Moran, God rest his soul there. I think the front cover looks like. Uh, Craftworks Tour de France. Oh yeah, it does. It does. It does, it does very much so. Wow. so. Yep. Yeah, it does. And it and there's not there's not much to it. And again, I think it's what a lot of teams did when the English teams came. They printed programs when they perhaps normally wouldn't have done so, but they knew that. And uh, Dave told me a great story that he did have the original one that he bought actually at the game, but he sold it as part of his collection of programs so he could pay for himself to go to the 2005 final in Istanbul. He said, <laughs> I sold all my programmes and, and took myself to Istanbul. But And you know what? Fucking fair play. Fair play to him. So I, 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 the fact that I bought that for a quid on eBay, or whatever it was, two quid, I think, it must not be a, Seb, you a said, genuine Polish. You I, said, sorry, you said there's not much to it. But inside there is an incredible welcome from the uh, Poznan uh, chairman, Bogdan Bogdan Zydler, because it says chairman there. Yeah, fair enough. And he says, in the capital of Wielkopolska, the primeval Poznan, we entertain with old Polish hospitality the English football team, Liverpool FC. This is a brilliant little intro. And there's also, which I like... A fill... A, yes. Filling the teams. Yeah, that is... Because you like always it. just have the squad numbers on the back, yeah. but you never have the actual starting eleven. And again, I think I can tell this is a fake geek because that is clearly just a photocopy of that of a stamp. stamp. Yeah, yeah. Just but a genuine question about the program things. Like, do they? Is, is there a lot of fakes or? Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. Funny and it, is, was that sold on the basis that it was uh, authentic? No, 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 right. no. It, it, well, it didn't. We didn't say it was a fake though. So uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> they didn't say it was a. F uh, but I think one. There's if this, th if this was that famous meme, you know, where there's two hands clasped together, it yeah. would say on one side, wouldn't it? Stone Island jackets on the yeah. other side, football programs, and then the middle middle aged men on the internet. Yeah, <laughs> fake Stone Island jackets, fake yes. football programs, middle aged men on the exactly. Internet. Uh, the, and there are they're talking about market for imitation or replicas or whatever, however you want to call it. There is a market for stuff like that because some games I've bought, I've got there's about three different versions of the Yeovil Man United program from 1948. Big market for replica guns as well now with the 3D printers. Well, ex ex exactly. Exactly. Makes so you think, Seb. Makes you think. It does make you think. You got to watch out. But yeah, it's a great program. From I mean, the badge, the Liverpool badge looks like it was straight out of the sixties. That's not. That's not the badge in that. Yeah. No, it's not. But it, yeah, and a different time. Different time. It's a very, it's a, a very, very different cool time. And and yeah, very different from your EasyJet flights, and where you get three thousand followings, three thousand, four thousand, five thousand followings of English teams. He reckons there was about fourteen of them. Lovely. A great program, Seb. A great program. <laughs> Okay then, it's quiz time, so let's have a drum roll, please. Oi, oi, oi. Oh, sorry. We have a name for the quiz. Thank you to Mark Jones, Days of Speed, one of the OGs of AFC Wimbledon, a Don's legend, a social media legend, a, a great fucking fan and supporter of Mundial and um, just a one brilliant, brilliant bloke. We love you, Mark. I haven't seen you for, for a while, but I will be back to Plough Lane soon uh, to see you again. It's always a good day out. Your company is always welcomed. And thank you. For the team sheet tombola, again, we haven't come up with it. Always good to hear, you know, we were going to keep calling it Who Played At, which, quite frankly, Tommy's lucky he's still here after, after, not, after, after not advancing beyond that. But uh, Tommy Stewart's team sheet, Tommy's team sheet tombola.
Tommy's Tommy's team. Tommy, team bowler. It's good, yeah. How did I not think of that as well? The it's Tommy Bowler. In it. The Tommy Bowler. Team so, sheet Tommy Bowler. Yeah. It sounds like a bit like Ebola then. It does, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. What did you let's stick with what you said, Owen? Tommy's team sheet, Tom Bowler. Lovely. Okay. For those who haven't listened yet, the concept of the quiz very quickly is that I will read out a match from any point in history. These guys will have to guess a player from a position that I name on the pitch for one of the teams. Quickly, can we have your signs this week, boys? Seb? Same as ever. <laughs> James? To go! Is Macho Man back, Owen? Ooh, yeah. Yes. That is a good, good one. Too. That's oh. a good Macho Man, that. Yeah, not bad. It's my favourite of yours. So, anniversary two years ago today, this match was played. This is... England versus Germany on June 29th, 2021, in the second round of Euro 2020, which was, of course, played in 2021. It's all confusing, isn't it? Who played up top for Germany? Oh, there's not a seat. Go on, James. Up top, just one player on their own. Just do it, Ooh, James. yeah. Kai, Kai Everts? No. no. I fucking know his name. Come it, on, it's, it's I was there. Very, I'll be honest, I was a, a very drunk at what <laughs> <laughs> you fuck but I, I, do your I, noise you've never fucking I done it I don't even know if he's German I can't just remember just do your noise I think he's not it's alright I said fuck Serge Nabry oh but good. he is German Serge Nabry is German Jeff. he is German yeah. I thought it was him up front no no oh it's not um... right, noise ooh yeah it's not Gotzer is it huh not Gotzer no, no. Oh, ooh yeah oh can you come back in yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Thomas Muller no no. He was playing, but not. Yeah, that, I mean, not as the. Do, 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 do. He was playing do, 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 do. as the, Leroy Sane. No, he was playing as the Rowd Meter. Yeah, Thomas Muller, or whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah. <gasps> Go on. I think by what your lip was saying. Either James has just had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> James. Mario Gomez. Mario, Mario Gomez. Mario Gomez. Mario Gomez. Mario Gomez. I don't know. Mario Gomez is incorrect. And James was obsessed with that song. He sent it out as a as a whole thing of a newsletter to our uh, audience once. A Premier League flop, I would say. Oh, it's um. Wait, noise. I can't remember his name. You need you your interviewed noise. him. Oh, let's go, Timo. Turbo Timo, you gave him. Wait, wait, give him the full. I couldn't remember his name. Well done, James. Well, Welcome to the party. James is on the scoreboard. <laughs> what happened? Level bottom with. Uh, Do you remember what happened when they interviewed him? Yeah, he yeah. couldn't speak English. Yeah. 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 Very quickly, the league table. Assad is second. <laughs> he has not appeared since episode two, and we are now on episode eight. Hasn't been on Se it for two months. Seven James have a joint bottom on three. Assad is second on six, and he's not, he's not played for uh, six weeks. At the top of the leaderboard, Owen Blackhurst on 12 points, so he's running away with it. Did you give him three points for last week? Yes. You did. What, for Balotelli? Yeah. For the quiz I won. A couple of people messaged me and said, great question, that great question. It was a great question, but like Owen said, it was nothing to do with what was going on <laughs> <Yeah>. so far. <laughs> Enjoying this podcast, but not really ready to subscribe to a print magazine? Well, you need the Mundell Gateway drug. Why not sign up to our weekly newsletter? You'll get exclusive writing, discounts, recommendations, and some really, really random references. Follow the newsletter link in the show description and see what you're missing out on. Okay, ins and outs. Stolen from Liverpool fans in the end. It's been stolen by everyone from Grazia to 
Grazia, I suppose. I like, um, I like I like a bit of Grazia every now and then. Did you? I once gets, um, yeah. Yeah, I once dummied up a male version yes, of Grazia did, called yeah. um, Gazetta with with James Brown again. Actually, we were in the Grazia offices, and one morning when I walked in, he was regaling everyone with um, the story I'd written on Sabotage Times about wanking into a skip. <laughs> He was telling 40 edit women on an editorial floor that story as it worked. Here he is, skip wanker. Cru- crucially, the wank was over a pile of freshly felled conifers. Yeah, yeah but I, I was minding the skip. I didn't just walk and into it... a skip and have a wank. It was part of a job on the council. Crucially, but it the... was full of freshly felled conifers, wasn't it? Yeah. I used to read these and before I knew you. The context is that... Yeah. There was fuck all in the skip, apart from these conifers. <laughs> Not because I'd been stranded out in the wilds of Shropshire for four hours, minding a skip for my job. I'd taken a lot of ecstasy the night before. Uh, I'd been and out of bong in the toilets of the industrial estate. I say estate. There was a few factories there. I was fucking bored. The lorry driver had um, made it clear he was going to be late, and the only thing that could keep me going on a, on a come down, as most people know, as you know, yeah. yeah. I'm a, I'm a great lover of small added details in writing and the added detail of this wank being on the skip but over freshly felled <laughs> conifers. Not only are they conifers, not only have they been felled, but they've been felled pretty recently. <laughs> and but, you spunking your jam all over them is just... Yeah. Well, the reason for these skips was because in rural areas who can't get to the council tip, they'd bring them. And the reason I was there was to protect the skip from two things. <laughs> People putting in uh, fridges or batteries. Yeah. yeah. Or the tinkers, the locks, who were, um, let's just say, the family were all closely related. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sounds like Somerset. Well, um, the mother, okay, the mother and father were brother and sister. Yeah. And then all the kids yeah. had the sort of idiosyncrasies you would expect. <laughs> God, how do we get onto that? Oh, grazie, yeah. Um, okay. Um... <laughs> Fucking Alberto. James what? Bird. Sabutio. Shit. Oh, it's another Monday Owl feature well, where James mentions Sabutio. <laughs> <laughs> the reason this is in, let me... Ex- Sorry. Sorry. It's a free country. Yeah, I've never seen country. that sass from you, Seb. Let me explain. He's so, had a lot of fucking features meetings, mate. <laughs> Sorry, James. Sorry, Sorry. No, no, you do you, mate. You yeah, do yeah. You. <laughs> Enjoy your fucking photo. Yeah. <laughs> um... You did cut me off last week, to be fair. I didn't. This is just my little. Cunt, I cut you off. Cunt me. You well, I cut cunted off. you off. Yeah, yeah talking yeah. about his fucking. Can't all be hundred year old stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> talking about a fucking a, a fucking streetwear football you've now left in the office and someone's <laughs> going to make it off with. Fancy One all. Fine. Do you ever play Sabutio? I played it extensively as a child. So why are they suddenly in? Do you ever play tabletop the, test cricket? No, but no, the so. reason they are in is because Ben Stokes's field. The umbrella field, as a lot of people have described it, is exactly the field that you use in the <laughs> test cricket tabletop game. That's felt game, little ball, yeah. string batsman. There's a little slide for the bowler. Give it, give it its proper name, the field, though. It wasn't the umbrella, was it? That's what people were calling it. No, they were calling it the brumbrella. Ah, ah I hadn't heard that. Nice. Mm, I know nice. a lot of people have had a lot of fun off Sabutio. I admire the art of it. Mm. So what's in about it? Them, just them in general? Or yeah, they're just great. It? They're great playing it. They're brilliant. I love You it. can create your own worlds good. around it, your own tournaments. Oh. It was big in my house. I'm going to let you have it. Yeah, Ooh. they're in. I'm going to let you have a minute. Nice. Seb. This podcast is called Reminding You Why You Love Football. and we, we find joyful moments, joyful things. One of the most joyful things in my life is the daily update on the photos widget on the iPhone. <laughs> because it genuinely is 
<laughs> just giving you some random moments from whatever. A picture of Ava when she was really little. Picture of me pissed up somewhere. Picture of me and Rebecca on a night out when we were when we were courting. But uh-huh. overall, I just think it's a you know technology. We can all have a go at our phones and say how oh, they do this. But the phones, the photos widget on the iPhone, it's brilliant. I think it's just an it's a nice it's a nice thing, and it it's, makes me smile most pretty much every day. Yeah, no, I also like it. But there's a ugh, there's a few photos that come up of people I don't want to. See, but... this is my thing. This is what I think as well. I think that sometimes it brings up things where I, I don't want to be reminded that I looked like that. But but for you, Seb, was that the other one you found of you, me, and my dad the other day? Yeah, because it also came up on mine the same day from Hotel Mundial. It did. That, that is, see. But um, I would say in. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's just nice. I love it's it. It's nice. Uh, in for me <laughs> is shot. probiotics. Uh, anyone who would have listened to last week and, and anyone who didn't, I had um, a, a stomach issue. <laughs> Back to the toilet we go. <laughs> Back to well, this. no, people like to know, look. People like to know about stuff like this, and it's it's an update. We but... shouldn't be ashamed, ashamed of talking about stuff like this, James. I no. don't think it's anything about shame. It's just sat in this. Small you, you're room. one of them, aren't you? You don't want men talking about their feelings or testing that or playing with their bollocks or that's, anything like that. That's complete nonsense. <laughs> what it is about is you two <laughs> sat next to me, unable to go 25 minutes without wanking, <laughs> shitting, or pissing. <laughs> My sister in law, Prenna, you won't be listening, but sent me um, a link to some probiotics and I leveled up on them. There was a, there was a more strength version. Oh, Movement. An absolute revolution. Banging noises. An absolute revolution. I mean, no banging. All smooth like an electric car. <laughs> Just really, that's a good one. Brilliant. Smooth like an electric Sensational. car. Sensational. Yeah, no, I mean, Seb sounds like an old Morris Minor yeah. Yeah. from the stomach with his IBS. Me now, honestly, Can I have a heartbeat. Probiotics in, three-day protein poos. Out. So are probiotics in? Are they in? Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. yeah. yeah they sound great. I if they've got you all electric car and, and some. And so if anyone Tesla, Holland and Barrett is Tesla listening? stomach. No, no actually d- not Holland and Barrett. Sorry, you, this is your problem. You get entry level shit. I know. Don't I don't. Go any I don't no, no. I old follow your advice. Old, Sorry. Old placebo white. Tommy Stewart. Wales, the country, because I went there a couple of weeks ago. I went to a place called Horseshoe Falls. It, which, lo- it did look lovely. Did you see the picture? Which is fucking beautiful and. So many weird things happened. It was when all the thunderstorms and stuff were kicking off. But there was a moment, I went with three of my mates and we were walking past a canal boat, a barge boat. In the barge itself, there was an opera singer singing from an iPad. And then it was just the the most, it was like a David Lynch sort of Mm. scene. And yeah, the, the valley's there, it's beautiful. Obviously, I think we kind of, with stuff that goes on in the UK, won't get into it, but you know, I think it's a very beautiful place to a be. Place. Oh, hundred percent. And when you get out properly, when you get out of the city and you get into places like that, and you just see, you know, you see water, you can see the stars at mm-hmm. night, things like that. And yeah, Wales is. I grew up in Shrewsbury, which is not too far from Wales. I think it's just an underrated place in the in the UK. Interesting. You, I mean, Wales is in um, being um, half Welsh. I couldn't really put it out, but. I once got told to fuck off back over the Welsh bridge, you can't, playing football for Shrewsbury College because they, they don't like the Welsh, do they? No. They call it the English bridge when it's actually the Welsh bridge. And the, the hooligan faction is the uh, EBF, English border from. The, 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 the <laughs> That's good. Yeah the, under, yeah, the Shrewsbury town. So, yeah, Wales in. My Welsh grandparents, I have a picture of them on my desk and I miss them dearly. Like, I think my, I'd be a lot different if they hadn't have been... I've been round. They're a, 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 a real place of solace when I was getting in a lot of trouble when I was a teenager. A, 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 um, toast with Welsh butter, a cup of tea, and a, a sofa with a duvet and a pillow. 
And my nan's fags as well. Outs. Seb. <laughs> Niche. Seb. Right. There's nothing better than having a pass to go out, is there? Go and treat yourself. Going to the cinema on your own is a bit like going to the pub on your own. Great pleasures. What a great few great pleasures in life. To use that, and then when you get in there, having the whole cinema to yourself, it's it's like your own private screening. And then you've gone to watch bloody Transformers Seven because it's the only one. That's your fault. (laughs) No, I'm putting it. I'm putting it in ruining your own, ruining your 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 opportunities. Transformers Seven. I was just Transformers. You know what, Seb? We don't need to talk about this film. No, no. No, 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 because what the fucking hell were you doing going to watch Transformers 7? Because it was either that... I said the other day, didn't you look at the reviews? I wanted to make up my own mind. Yes. <laughs> Maybe unlike if Beale Street could talk or something yeah. like that, or a Tarantino. Bloody hell, that film. I think we should just put you in out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, maybe that's what I'm... Maybe it's putting myself in out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasting my... Love the opportunity and having the whole cinema to myself. Now I know I love. But what I love are we putting own. in? What are we putting in? Yeah, out here? Right. Just being a dickhead. Being a dick. Yeah. Don't waste good opportunities like that. Okay, I'm going to put that in out. But do you know what yeah. my out is? Go on. Seb White. <laughs> out. James. I played in a uh, seven-side game on Wednesday evening that we went into with the chance of winning the title. Uh, unfortunately, the game before that that finished at our half-time meant that we wouldn't have been able to win the title. But the team that we played against went 1-0 up with about 15 minutes to go and then spent the last 10 minutes of that, every opportunity they had, just booting the ball out of the cage and onto the oh. road. There were three balls, but they'd just do three in a row. And I got very, very, very angry. Well, this is what I said before. You don't like ones. You love, think you do. I love one that much. And the last one that happened just before, you know, 10 seconds before the final whistle went, the guy didn't. I just went, mate, you are a complete and utter wanker. And what did and he do? He just laughed. Yeah. Then what happened after that, James? Well, what happened after that was we sort of shook hands and I, <laughs> I was like, lads, lads, I'm sorry for losing my head, but I thought you were pissing me off, man. I just wanted to play football and you didn't want to play football. And they were like, ha yeah, 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 I won though, didn't they? Won, though. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's and, then, and, then, and then as, as, as I got changed, we got changed near the door, the exit door. And as we got changed, I was putting my clothes on and they all left. And they all went, yeah, cheers, lads, cheers, lads, well played. And I went, yeah, yeah. And they went, shit, I was in work. So I went, yeah, yeah. And then the last guy who I'd never seen before in my life, even on that pitch went yeah well played James <laughs> and I was just like oh where do you know me from oh. and, well had no one else called you James on the pitch I mean maybe but I don't you know they'd have called each other their own names wouldn't they and I didn't remember any of their names so wind up merchants I'm afraid James they're in uh, they are shit seven aside shit are in oh you and Dan Sanderson would have been doing exactly the same if the other way around I, would, not, I wouldn't have been honestly you don't think I'm not, I mean, I'm not being I'm a purist joke. I'm a purist I'm more, far more of a purist than that. I want to play the game. Tommy Stewart. Mine's quite simple. It's just shit, shit drunk heckling at, at gigs, particularly like, not music gigs, but I've been to the Overlap Live, the Grade Cricket Alive, and it's always just fucking ruined. And everyone has to address it. it I don't understand the... Obviously, I don't drink anymore, so I'm I'm a bit removed from it. But I don't understand why you have to make a show that everyone in that room has paid money for about yourself by just shouting absolute unfunny shit. Like, at what point in the head do they think that this is funny and this is... They obviously think people are going to laugh. Yeah, I'm going to turn this on his head here, Tom, because I want to do a live show just hoping that someone tries to heckle me. (laughs) Well, you'll be good at it. Yeah, you'll be good at it. I've been living all my life for stuff like this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
It would be good. A series of conflicts, James. A series of conflicts. Yeah. All heckling or just shit heckling? Drunk heckling. I Drunk. Think, okay, fair. I think Owen's yeah. got to keep it in here because. Well, yeah, that's, it. yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I want to be heckled. Come I, to the shows. Come, I mean, we, we for anyone doing any shows yet? For anyone who does come to our fictional show in the future, just beware Give that, us a Owen, that Owen. That if you do heckle Owen, Owen lives his life by a rule called the power of ten, <laughs> yeah. which means that if you come at him and whatever you come at him with, you will then return. You will receive revenge by the power of ten. <laughs> So, I don't actually do it, but I like to no, say No, no, he it. does say it a lot. Yeah. It's a sort of protection thing. It's a bark worse than the bite I, thing. I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. But because some heckles are A quite farmer funny. once told me he'd shoot my dog and I said I'd burn down his farm. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that's power of 10. Power of 10. This has been... <laughs> some heckles can be funny. Uh, the funniest one I've heard was at a gig to quite shit support band. Play one the drummer knows. <laughs> That's quite funny. That is good. That is good. This has been uh, reminding you why you love football. I've been your host, Owen Blackhurst, and with me today <laughs> has really been um, producer Tommy Stewart wearing um, for fashion victims only t-shirt, very good, and some rascal Bayern Munich shorts. Uh, Sebastian Dennis White wearing a Hampton and Richmond Borough away shirt from a few years ago. Mundell as the sleeve sponsor. Fot mob on the front. Yes, yeah, I probably paid for it. What's on the other? This Back. is match one. This is one. Ma- one by number nine of that season. Who was that? Danilo Orsi Dodomo, who scores goals for Grimsby in the FA Cup this year. Lovely fella. Nice. Very good footballer. Oh, very good. And James Bird, who was wearing a Gremio shirt. Both Luis Suarez and Lucas Lever have recently retired while playing for Gremio. Correct. And me, talked about it before. I am in the um, a, 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 a pretty awful blue uh, Madrid shirt from, I don't know, well, from when Zidane played. Siemens Mobile. Recorded at Spiritland uh, in King's Cross. This is our favourite place to record uh, until they kick us out, talking about wanking. Um, <laughs> He's laughing behind us. Ed, Ed, Ed's been brilliant today. Great. Uh, yeah. Th- thanks Shout to Ed. Out. Also, Ed, also our favourite engineer as well. 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. Wearing, a, wearing a lovely pink, pink shirt today. Looks great. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, don't talk too much, mate. <laughs> Things can soon change. <laughs> Baritan. Baritan. <laughs> there you go. This has been great. Uh, yeah, recorded Spiritland. Uh, thank you. Please read, rate. Please, no, not read. Please. Listen, rate, review. We're up to a 4.9 with 90 ratings on Spotify. And Apple, we've managed to get over those enemies who left early uh, poor reviews for us to get up to a 4.5. Uh, things are tracking nicely. Our CEO dropped his shopping last week laughing at some crack we've made about Seb's sweaty arse. So we are on the way up. People are liking it. Each uh, episode is getting listened to more. That's what we want. We want to carry on doing this. Um, at Monday on Mag on Twitter, at Monday on Mag on Instagram, mondayonmag.com to get a copy of our magazine, uh, the 75 coolest goalies of all time, which is full of stuff like this, actually. It's full of writing like this, and maybe that's better for you. You might not have to listen to us, but this has been fun. Goodbye. Goodbye. Nice Cheers. Fun. All the best. Reminding you why you love football is a Monday production for Football Co. Original music by Harry Harris, produced by Tommy Stewart and Seb White, hosted by me, Owen Blackhurst, and recorded on the run.